the 12th of October, 2006, episode 51. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 8 of the U.S. Constitution states, The Congress shall have the power to promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. If you haven't guessed it by now, I finally got off my lazy duff. That's right, we're doing the copywriting episode today. After you're done listening to this podcast, check out the Darn PC Podcast with Harold Reid, available at www.darnpc.com, where we talk about what to do with that darn PC and much more. That's the Darn PC Podcast at www.darnpc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Just a couple of things on this front. Uh, first and foremost, there was a little bit of a, uh, a missed edit in the last episode. Now, some of you are going to be going, what is he talking about? Some of you who downloaded it the first day that it came out, this is episode number 50. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And let me just go ahead and apologize right off the bat. If uh, my intention was definitely not to offend anyone, I do have a bit of a, a sailor's mouth from time to time. And for some reason last week, I thought, uh, you know, it'd be a great idea if I just kind of made little notes about where I messed up in the podcast so I don't have to listen to the whole thing over again when I'm editing. Well, that didn't exactly work so good. So I guess we're going back to listening to the whole thing now. But yeah, if you missed out on that, uh, I actually, when I mess up, sometimes I have, have th thrown in a couple of profanities here and there, and I missed one. It was still in there. So thank you to the people who sent me emails and let me know that that was in there still. I, it was the first day I went back and changed it and put it back up. And I just noticed yesterday too, that something was funky with the post. So I'm not sure if uh, everybody was able to get it after I put it up the second time. So if you weren't, everything's good now. You should be able to go up and get it if you weren't able to before. But again, I'm sorry if, for anybody who, who heard that and uh, if it hurt their freaking ears to hear that kind of language out of my mouth. Uh, you know, I am, I am an old punk, so I talk kind of with the sailor's mouth, as I said. And if you ever listen to my music podcast, which is called Audible Recon, you can find that at audiblerecon.com. Uh, it will come as no surprise to you to hear words like that out of my mouth because, well, that's how I talk. But uh, we try and keep things professional here, so, you know, it won't happen again, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, I got a little background noise today. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but if you do, uh, my, my puppy is chewing on a nice, delicious pig's ear. It's the only way I can keep him from making a bunch of noise. So got to keep one eye on him while I'm doing this. So if you hear some chomping noises, that's what that is. Uh, in some of the news that's going on, YouTube actually went up for sale and 
Google went up and snatched them. So Google is be- quickly becoming a, a very big empire as far as web applications go and, and websites that people love going to. So I think that's good. I don't think it's going to change. I, there was worries that it was going to turn into this big advertising thing where there's going to be commercials where you have to, you notice you go to a lot of sites and if they play videos, a good example is ESPN. You have to watch a commercial for every two or three videos that you watch on the ESPN motion thing. And there was people that were afraid that was going to happen to YouTube as well. Uh, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think Google has a good handle on what people like and don't like, and people definitely don't like to have to watch commercials. So hopefully that won't change too much there. Uh, also, in regards to our website, there's been lots of forum registrations. We are close to or over 400 people on the forum now. This this is kind of twofold. I've noticed because when you register, I get an email that tells me who it is, your email address. And a lot of them lately have been looking like spammers. They look like generic email addresses. So I, I do have my administrators out there helping me out. But if you notice anything that's a spam post on the uh, on the forum, you can shoot me an email, adam at rookiedesigner.com. Just shoot me an email and let me know that you've seen some spam out there. And we'll do our best to, to keep it off of the forum because that's definitely not something we want. But also, a lot of the people who have been registering are real people. But, you know, we have tons of people on the forum now, but there's not a whole lot of activity. So I want to encourage you, you don't just register to be part of the the membership, to be part of the forum. You you register so that you can go up and talk to other people and, and post questions and answers and stories and whatever you want to talk about. Make sure you take advantage of that. There's a lot of cool people up there that you can be talking to and networking with. Um it's not just a, a status symbol to be registered on the forum. You actually should go up and use it. That's what it's there for. I also had a suggestion. Oh, man, I was going to look up who it was from. I'll, I'll figure this out later. I had a suggestion. It came in as one of the suggestions for the contest. A suggestion for me to do interviews with any of the listeners of this podcast that might want to do one. And I know there are a lot of people out there who aren't necessarily rookies. I've seen a few people on the forums who have been in design for like 10 years or more. And if you are one of those people, let's say if you've been in for at least, I don't know, three years, maybe three to five years, and you're interested in doing an interview with me for the show and just letting people know, we would probably just go over basic things like uh, what was your first job? How did you go about getting your first job? What was school like? All that kind of stuff. Just talking about yourself so that other people can share in in kind of like I did with a couple of episodes ago where I shared my story of how I got into design and how I got my job and everything like that. If you want to, if you're interested in doing something like that, I thought that was a really good suggestion. So if you do want to do that, send me an email again, that's adam at rookiedesigner.com and we'll try and set something up as far as uh, doing the interview and recording it and putting it on the show. All right, that's about it for the news. So we are finally going to do the, the copyright episode. And I'm going to put a big disclaimer on the front of this thing. I only know what I learned in basically in the class that I went to at Photoshop World 2006 and from some things that I've read on the internet and some things that I've been given by some of the listeners. And thank you, those of you who sent me things to look at about copywriting. But I don't know everything, obviously. I'm not an expert on this. So... 
If we go through this whole podcast and you still have questions about it, then you can definitely send them in to me or post them up on the forum and we together can go and try and find the answer to those. But I'm definitely not claiming to know really that much at all about copywriting. I'm just going to, this one's basically going to be me regurgitating what I learned in the class because I thought it was a lot of really good information. And basically we'll be going over how you can copyright some of your work. And it's very, very easy. You might not think that it sounds very easy, but it is very easy to do. So copyrights are really yours once the art is created. So once you press the save button to save your, your design in whatever application you're in, or if you're taking pictures, once you snap that shutter button, then, then you own the copyright to your material. But really, it's not your, it's not your natural or your God-given right. Uh, you do own that work, but the rights to your work can't be protected unless you register the copyrights on your work with the copyright office. So basically, copyrights are there so that if somebody infringes on your work, you can actually take them to court and maybe get some money from them for that. Because if you have something like a picture that you've taken, obviously we all know about using, well, maybe we don't all know, but most of you should know about using pictures and usually you have to buy it from somebody. You, it's either a, it's either a rights managed picture or it's a royalty free. And we've talked about that, the difference between those in the past, so I won't go into it, but basically you're paying for the use of this picture that somebody else took. Well, if you took a picture and somebody just thinks they're going to use it without actually giving you some kind of compensation, then you can go and you can take them to court. Uh, the guy said that actually most things settle out of court, but of course you have to go through the whole process to get them in, to get them there, to get them scared enough to settle with you and give you money for it, whatever. So we'll be talking a little bit about that too. But basically you don't have rights unless you register these things. If you just claim that you own the rights to something, that's obviously not going to hold up in court. So you want to make sure that you go ahead and get the registration, register your copyrights so that you, you have that backup. Because once you have that, then you are going to win that court case or you are going to get a settlement from somebody. The protection of your copyright actually starts when the paperwork is received by the copyright office. So if you fill out your paperwork, it's sent in. Sometimes it can take up to like three months for them to process that paperwork. If somebody infringes on your artwork in that three month period, while they're still going through and processing your paperwork, you can actually go back and you can actually take them to court. As long as it was, as long as it is going back to a time that's not before you sent your paperwork into them. So I don't know if that made sense at all, but basically you are covered from the time that they receive your paperwork, even though it's not processed yet. It's, uh, uh, what, what's the word for that? Retroactive, I guess you'd say, to that date. So you're covered from there on. Now you can take your case to court without having a copyright. And uh, most of the cases for copyrights are heard in federal court because it is a federal law. You can, on some occasions, take it to a smaller court, but I think most of the time you're going to find out that they're either not going to hear it or you're not going to really get that far with it. So uh, again, make sure that you have the, the registration for the copyright in place and then you won't have a problem. You'll be able to take them to federal court and everything should go the way that it, it's supposed to go. 
Now a little bit on suing people. And this guy, the guy that gave this class, and I should actually point out who it was. His name is, let's see if I can actually say this without butchering it. Jack Resnicki, I think is what it is. And he's a commercial photographer and author. And he gave this class. He actually uh, registers his photographs. He takes photographs and sells them in some capacity to people to use. And he was talking about a case that he had. Somebody had actually used one of his photos on their website. It was a pretty large company, I believe. And he took them to court. And I believe they did settle because he was saying most things actually settle out of court because people don't want to go through that whole process. It'll just end up costing them more money. And obviously, if somebody else holds a copyright and you infringe on that copyright, then you're most likely not going to win that, that court case. So anyways, he got a pretty large settlement out of this. And it was just for the company actually using one of his pictures on their website. It seems pretty harmless when, when you say it that way, but that's how serious this stuff can get. So definitely be wary of, of everything that's going on here. So if you're going to sue somebody for infringement on your copyright, like I said, you can take them to regular court, but if you do this, you can only sue for the damages if the case is heard. Of course, if they're not going to hear the case, you're not going to be able to do anything, and you're probably not going to be able to get a settlement because most likely they're going to wait to see if your case is even going to be heard at all. If it's not, then they're pretty much off the hook. And also, when you do this, the lawyer fees are your problem. You have to pay for them. Now, if you have your copyright registered and you take them to federal court, these fees, the, the lawyer fees and all the fees that you incur going through this process can be recouped. So that's definitely another advantage of having your registered copyright. We're only going to be talking today about copyrights, but there also are other ways to, to back yourself up. There are IPs, which is intellectual property. There are trademarks, which I'm sure everybody has seen. And there are patents. And these are all kind of different processes going through those things. But uh, the main thing we're going to be talking about here is copyrights, because that's what we're going to use to protect, like I said, either images, like photographs that you've taken, or different pieces, like original pieces of artwork. If you want to register a copyright, there's a couple of different forms that you can fill out. The one the guy recommended in the class is the, it's called a short form, or it's called the VA short form to be more particular. And uh, the VA in that stands for visual artists. So this is something that applies basically just to what we're doing. That is if, if you're doing images or or designs or anything like that. This isn't going to isn't necessarily going to apply to something like music. So the first thing I wanted to do, and I'm going to actually put a link in the notes so that you can go to this form. It's it's a in PDF form. You can open it up and you can follow along. But I just wanted to go through the different fields that you have to fill out. It's very, very easy. I think you'll be surprised how how simple it is. But there's just a few areas where you have to put in some information. Uh, in box number one, you're going to title your work. The way this guy did it, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in just a minute, but he would actually send in collections of work. So he sent in basically as many pictures as he took in three months or as many pictures as he could fit on one disc. He would actually put all those in. So he would actually register it as... Uh, and he would do it every quarter, which is, of course, every three months. So he would say images 
third quarter or images fourth quarter. You can do it how you can name it whatever you want basically. But as we're going to talk about in a minute, it's a good way to do it to actually put a bunch of images together in a collection because this way you're only paying once to register a bunch of images instead of paying for each separate one. So the first box there, you're going to title your work. The second box is pretty self-explanatory. You're going to be putting in your, your name and your address and all that kind of stuff. Um, the third box is the year of creation. So whenever your images were created or your designs were created, that's the year you're going to put in there. Let's see the next important one. Number five is the, the media type. What kind of images or what kind of artwork you're sending in. Number six, uh, you're just going to sign it and make sure you don't forget that one. And then down at the bottom, you're going to find a box where you actually have to put in your address and, uh, Definitely make sure that one's right. That's the address they're going to use to send you your certificate when all the paperwork goes through. So as you can see, very, very simple. You can just download the PDF and, and fill it out and send it in. Uh, this website that, that you're on, if you did go to it, is basically what we're going to be putting in the bullpen. But it's a place where you can go and find a lot of answers. You, you're going to notice, I think it's already in the education tab of the website, but you can read up on, a lot uh, on what the different things are for and how to go about doing different things. So, and you can always call the, the copyright office and I have never done so myself, but the guy said that everybody is very helpful, very nice. So you can get your questions answered that way as well. If you have questions for them. So what I was alluding to just a minute ago, there is a 90 day window from creation to registration. So basically this means 90 days from the date that you create the artwork, you have a 90 day window to register that work in which you're still kind of covered on it. After 90 days, then it's going to go basically to the date that they receive your paperwork, kind of like I said before. So it, the best way to do it, and this is what this guy does, especially if you're a photographer and you're selling your photos, this is the best way to do it, I think, is to do it quarterly. Every three months, take all the images that you've snapped that you're going to sell, take all those images, from that three month period and register them all and do that every three months. And that way you're always covering yourself and you're, you're never going to have a lapse in protection from infringement. So basically that 90 days you're, you're protected from violators. You can actually bring a court, a court case for infringement within that three months. The other thing I was just talking about is the fact that you can actually register several pictures or artwork designs at the same time. The most obvious advantage of this is you're going to save a lot of money because uh, I believe it's $45 now. It used to be $30 to register the copyright. I think it's $45 now. Um, you obviously don't want to pay $45 for each image that you're registering. You want to pay $45 for as many images or designs as you can fit on a CD or a DVD. This way you can register them all at the same time. They're registered as what's called a collection and make sure that it is called a collection and not a compilation. A compilation, the difference between those two, a compilation is actually thought of as one work. So if you have a compilation and there's three violations on that compilation, that's only considered one infraction. Whereas if you have a collection of images, 
a collection is thought of as as many images are as are in the collection. So if there's three violations on a collection, that's actually three infractions. Hopefully that made sense. It sounded a little garbled, but uh, should make sense. So if we want to register some copyrights on some images, first of all, we're going to go through and fill out the VA form, which is what we just did. We're going to need one to two copies of each of the works. And this can be several different ways. You can do it on a CD or on a DVD. And if you do that, you're probably going to want to make it something low res. First of all, you'll be able to fit more on whichever media, media you're using. The second thing is you want to make sure that somebody can't rip you off. Not that they're going to be ripping you off at the copyright office, but just make certain that you don't have some kind of high res thing that somebody could... Maybe there's an intern there that's dishonest and, and they like the picture and they're going to go use it. Just make sure that it's not easy for them to do that. The, the other option there is to make an actual hard copy, actually print it out. And uh, obviously a CD or a DVD is the easiest way to go, but uh, you might want to actually print out hard copies as well. Uh, if the work is published, you're going to want to have two copies of that. And published really means that it's released to the public. So if you take a picture and you haven't registered the copyright yet, and you put it up on a website where anyone can access it on like a public website, then that's considered published. And I'm going to read a couple of things a little bit later, some PDFs that I found on that website that talk more to uh, uh, registering images that are published and images that aren't published. You also need a printout of the titles. Let's say if you're doing the CD or the DVD, you're going to need a printout of the titles of all the images or, or all the files that are on the CD or DVD. So the easiest way to do that, there are some, some different uh, applications out there that actually do that for you. But the, an easy way to do that is just to open up the, the window and use like a screen capture program to take a picture of it. And then you can print that out on a piece of paper for them. And most importantly, don't forget to make a second copy of all of these documents for yourself. And this goes for anything. If you don't know this, you really need to start doing this now. Anything like your tax forms or anything that's important that you're sending in to someone, some kind of official forms, make a second copy for yourself so that if anything happens to those, if they get lost in the mail or whatever, then you have a backup copy and uh, you won't have to go through the whole thing again. When you're sending your, your registration form in, Make sure you send it with some kind of receipt. So send it either FedEx or UPS. Uh, I think standard mail, you can even get some kind of receipt so that you have proof of when they actually received it. Because as we talked about before, that's when your protection actually starts on your images. So you want to know the exact date that they received your paperwork because that's, that's the uh, retroactive date to when you start having protection of your images. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell of how to uh, get your images registered. As I said, it's a, a fairly easy process. It's just filling out that short form, getting all your stuff together, and uh, making sure all the titles are there, and making sure that you have copies of your artwork so that they have them on file. Because if the, you ever take somebody to court, they might actually have to bring that image up and maybe put it up against the image that somebody else used to make sure that that actually was part of your image or your, your original image that they were using. I think the main thing to remember here, though, is if you're trying to protect all your images, just make sure you do it in a timely fashion like we talked about, maybe doing it every three months 
getting everything that you've made in the last three months and res- registering that and just keep on that three-month cycle. And you'll make sure that you're protected with everything. Uh, I did want to actually go through some of these files that I found. And you'll be able to find all these PDFs on that website that I'm giving you. There's all kinds of information, as I said, to educate you on what things mean. And uh, this is actually on the, it's a group registration of published photographs. It says, a group of published photographs may be registered on a single form with a single fee if all of the following conditions are met. So this is what has to happen if you're registering a collection of photographs or designs or whatever it may be. All the photographs are by the same photographer. So you can't have pictures or designs that are from you and then some from your buddy and put them all in the same form. You can't do that. It all has to be from you. All the photographs are published within the same calendar year. And we talked about that because you actually have to put the year in which the things were created. So make sure that they're all from the same year. That, that way you might, if you're going back and doing stuff that's old, you might have to put those on a different disc and, and pay the extra $45 for something that's from a different year. All of the photographs have the same copyright claimant, and that's basically the same thing. It's These are all coming from you. You're, you're actually applying for the copyright on all these things. It can't be for anyone else. And then it kind of goes on, completely filled out application or the VA short form like we talked about, blah, blah, blah. And there's another one just for registration of photographs. This one is just the basic steps that we went through. Correctly completed application form, your uh, filing fee, all that, all that kind of good stuff. And again, I mean, this applies to everything. This needs to be your work. You can't be sending in someone else's work. You can't get the, the discount rate by sending in your stuff and someone else's. So make sure that it's all from you. It's all in the same calendar year and that all your stuff is filled out, all your uh, forms and everything is filled out correctly. And you should have no problem. The Keys to the Game, brought to you by techpodcast.com. Our shortcut for today actually comes from uh, my having to do lots of web work now, my new job. We're going to look at how to add an image to a Dreamweaver file. If you work in Dreamweaver, this is probably something that you're going to do quite often if you're making any kind of website or anything. On the Mac, you're going to press Command, Option, and I. And on the PC, you're going to press Control, Alt, and I. Now for the second half here, I'm going to go over what was pretty much the most interesting and informative part of the class, in my opinion anyways. And that is, they went over a a list of urban myths. I'm sure... A lot of you will have heard at least a couple of these before, but people always have this idea of what they think a copyright means or or how you can get around it or stuff like that. So the first one is, if you change a certain percent of the work, it makes it okay to use. So you take somebody else's picture, but you change enough of it that you think, oh, well, you almost can't tell that it's their picture anymore. And that makes it okay to use without having permission or having the copyright on it yourself. The answer to this is definitely, no, that's not okay. And this is a big one because uh, the guy said even in schools, and I I think I had heard this in my design school. I'm not sure that it came from the school. It might have come come from somebody else. But schools were actually telling people that, telling design students that this was okay. This was an okay practice that if you change enough of the picture, like say if you changed 
65% of it or 75% of it, then it was okay to use without owning the copyright or having permission from the person who got a copyright on it. And that's absolutely not true. Uh, if you don't change anything about it, if you don't change their image at all, but you use it without permission, that is definitely not okay either. And really, you're just helping them to bust you because if you don't change anything at all, it's going to be re really easy for them to figure out that you use their photo or their image or their design because it looks exactly the same. So definitely don't do that. Using the image or design for a nonprofit or for educational purpose, it's, it's okay to do that without permission. That's not true either. And we've talked about some of this before, I believe. I said that, you know, sometimes you might use an image that you don't own in a piece that's that's maybe going in your portfolio or something like that. And this is somewhere where you can probably get away with it, but you still want to be very careful. If you use somebody's image in one of your designs and you put it in your portfolio and it goes on your online portfolio, chances are that person is not going to find it ever. But if they do, then they're going to have a legitimate case against you. So be careful with that kind of stuff. If you're putting it in a printed out portfolio and it's something that's only going to be shown to um, to potential employers or just a very small amount of people, that might be okay. You might be able to get away with that. But just make sure, obviously, it's not some famous painting. Just make sure that you give credit where credit is due. If you use somebody else's picture in your design, make sure that the person that you're talking to, that you're showing the portfolio to, knows that that's not your handiwork, that knows that's not your picture. Because for two reasons, you don't want to look like you're ripping somebody off. And also, we've said before, if you're talking to a potential employer, you don't want to make it seem like you can do more than you can do. If there's some kind of amazing photograph or design there that you can't really pull off yourself, then you don't want them thinking that it, that is yours. Including the creator's copyright notice on the image to be able to use it without permission. That doesn't work either. And that's another case where it's kind of stupid because you're you're showing people that you ripped this off, that you uh, that you know this image is copyrighted, yet you used it anyways without their permission. So definitely don't do that. What about if you take down the copyrighted material when the holder objects to its use? That's probably a good idea, and you're probably going to have to do that, but that's not going to save you from anything because you've already been using this image or this design that somebody else copyrighted without their permission to do so. And like I said, it's retroactive to when they filed their paperwork, so you could still be in trouble for that. It's not okay to just use it. Oh, I'll just use it until they get mad at me and tell me to take it down, and then I'll take it down. You're still going to be in trouble by that point in time, so don't do that. If you ask for permission from the person that holds the copyright, but you didn't get a response, it's still not okay to use the image. Just because they may be lazy or they're not giving you the time of day, that doesn't mean you can go ahead and use their stuff. You have to have permission from them. If you can't find the copyright holder, you're trying to ask for permission, but you can't find them, you don't know how to get a hold of them, blah, 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 still don't use it. Again, if you don't have permission from the person that holds a copyright, you're not legally available to use that image. You don't have the rights to use that image unless they give you the rights. If the work doesn't have the copyright symbol on it or say copyright or have some kind of copyright message, 
it's still not okay to use. That doesn't mean it's not copyrighted. That just means they didn't put the copyright symbol or a, a line saying copyright, whatever. So don't use it. Don't just assume that something's not copyrighted if you don't see either of those things on it. If it's posted on the internet, thus it's public domain, then it's okay to use, right? No, it's not. Still, if something's copyrighted, even if it's published, even if it's out there and anybody can go see it or maybe even go download it, it could still be copyrighted or it may, be, may still be copyrighted and thus you can't use it without permission. Uh, just because it's on a website doesn't mean that, that it's okay for anybody to use. And I've talked about this before with images that are on Google. If you go to Google or Yahoo and you search images, those are images that are on somebody else's web page. And while a lot of that stuff probably isn't copyrighted because it's just random pictures from people's personal web pages or blogs or stuff like that, you can still get into trouble if you search something off of there and you, you find a picture that you like and you're going to use it in your own web page. That's not okay. You have to figure out who made that picture. Find out if it's copyrighted. Find out if you need to get permission for that. If it is, you do. So make sure you go through those steps before just grabbing some image off the internet and and thinking you're going to use it in one of your designs. It's definitely not okay. And if work is in the public domain, it's okay to use. And the answer to that is no too. And that pretty much covers what I just talked about. Uh, something that's in the public domain would be something that's in the on the internet where everybody can access it. If it's in a book or something like that, where, where the general public has access to it, that's what's called the public domain. And it's not okay to use anything, basically, like we said, you need permission from whoever copyrighted that or whoever created it. The last one that they went over is the biggest one. And I'm sure most of you probably heard this before. I know I have. Mailing something to yourself proves that you have a copyright over it. The answer to this one is hell no. That does not work. All that proves is that you're you stuck something in a package and you mailed it to yourself. And if you try to take something to court with that, with that being your protection, then you're not going to get very far. People are probably going to laugh at you because it doesn't prove anything. And I know I've heard that before from, I don't know where, but uh, it's, it's just one of those urban myths that's been around and, and people start to believe it and they just keep passing it on to the next person. It's definitely not true. So uh, if you were planning on copywriting your images that way, then, uh, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but that's not going to work. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our mistake tip for today is actually something hopefully you won't ever make the mistake of. You got to really be careful what you use. Now, we just talked about grabbing images off the internet, but that goes for pretty much any medium. If something is published or something is out there, and the images are available to lots of people, you probably don't want to use those images unless you've actually contacted the person that created the images. Make sure that if there's a copyright on it, you have permission to use it. Copyrighted images in art is serious business. As I've said many times throughout this podcast, it's very easy to take somebody to court and win if you have a copyright on your, your images or your designs. So, be very careful about what you use because you don't want to find yourself on the other end of that spectrum where you're the one who's having to pay the damages of somebody else's images. Now there is something that's called fair use and a couple of things related to this are 
the intent of your use and the damage that comes from your use of it. And I, a good example that was pointed out in this class was I actually brought up the topic of podcasts and actually using sound clips from like movies. Now he said that's usually okay. I usually only use about maybe 30, second, 30 seconds max of audio from a movie. Now that in relation to the whole, which is another thing that's related to fair use, that's a very small part of the whole movie. So in most cases, that would be considered fair use because it's such a small part of the movie, it, there's no way that I can be damaging their artwork that they put out there. Uh, as related to intent and damage, the example that was given out there was, let's say you have a podcast in which you are doing reviews of movies and you play, or maybe it's a video podcast and you actually show part of the movie. You show like maybe 20 minutes of the movie, 30 minutes of the movie, and then you just rip it to shreds. You don't like this movie. You're giving it a bad review. This is a case in which you might actually have some action come in your way as far as the copyright is concerned. Because first of all, you used a pretty big chunk of that movie. Second of all, you trashed it. If you used that chunk of the movie and you talked it up and it was just the greatest thing you've ever seen, chances are they're not going to sue you because they're going to like that. That's good publicity for them. But if you're totally tearing it to shreds, ripping it down, then you might actually find some uh, some uh, court action coming your way. But as we said before, you're just better off with permission, so just do it that way. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. The website for today is a good one, so make sure that you go and check this one out if you ever need any copywriting questions answered. If you need to copyright some images or designs yourself, this is where you're going to want to go. And the website is copyrightdefense.com. I'm going to put that link up, of course, as I always do. And I'm also going to put the link up that goes directly to the page that has the, the VA short form on it. So you'll be able to get to both of those easily. But definitely go and check out this whole site if you have questions about copywriting at all because there's lots of good PDFs, lots of good information up there to be able to help you find the information that you need so that you can get this done and have all your artwork protected. Now, you know, I couldn't go a whole episode without asking you to tell your friends about this podcast. I'm not asking for your votes anymore on the internet. I just want you to tell everyone that you can about this podcast, everyone that might be interested in design in any way. We have lots of different kinds of designers up here. They're not all just graphic designers, even though that's the most common thing I speak to because that's what I do. There's lots of different types of designers. So if they're interested in design at all, they can probably pick up some good tips from the show. So let them know. Let's grow this thing as big as we can. As always, if you need to contact me for any reason, you can do so very easily. You can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can Skype me at username TitanStrides, and that'll actually go to a voicemail in which you can leave me a message. Or you can use the call-in line, which is 619-573-4043. And remember to add the one and the country code to that if you're outside the United States. And that too will go to that same voicemail, so you can leave me a message. You can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer and contact me that way. And by the way, there's a lot of friends on that as well. And nobody's been really sending me any kind of comments or messages that way. That's another good way to contact me if you want to. And of course, 
you can register on the forums. And if you are registered on the forums, please start posting. Start asking some questions or telling some stories. Or There's lots of different categories up there in which you can share with people. There's even one where you don't even have to talk about design at all. You can just shoot the bull with whoever you want to. And that one's fun as well. But if you have some time, go up there and post something. If you have some knowledge you want to share, definitely put it up there. Everybody can, can use it. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. And if there's any new listeners out there, I probably should have said this at the beginning of the podcast, but this podcast is really geared toward those who have been in design maybe just for a little bit of time, a couple years, or who may be still in school and haven't broken into the business yet. So hopefully that's you, you're in the right place, and uh, we do some great things on this show. And definitely go back and get the archives if you haven't already. Uh, I mentioned last episode, I believe, that... I'm going to be taking some of those down, probably 1 through 10 or 1 through 20 are going to come down very soon because I have to reduce my the, the size of my feed file so that it doesn't get messed up in iTunes. But definitely go back. The archives are all there right now, so go download them all. If you want to get those, download them as soon as you possibly can. And for those of you who have been with me for a long time, 51 episodes to be exact now, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for keeping this thing going. All right, I hope this was informative for everybody. And again, if you still have questions, you can send them to me if you want. I would recommend going to the the website first and seeing if you can find the answer up there. Maybe even giving those people a call and asking them. But as a last resort, if you want to send your questions to me, you can do so as well. And I'll try and figure out the answer for you. And that's about it for this one. But I just want you guys to remember one thing. Everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high. My inspiration. No good sympathy. Taking everything you want. And they left you all alone.